Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number 30. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen, Mr. Jason Solanez. Randy, have you ever wondered what it was like to have an incredibly bulbous What? (laughs) What? I'm just asking, what would that be like? You know, I'm going to pretend that you didn't say that, and instead tell you about the number 30. This is our 30th episode, Jason. Do you know what that means? Tell me all about it, Randy. According to the Symbolic Meanings blog, the number 30 deals with explosive creativity and discovery. Much related to what I just said. Yeah, explosive indeed. Mm. It's about to get creative in here, Pepper. For more episodes, head to CigarCityRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Just search for Cigar City Radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And on all those networks, our username is Cigar City Radio. Don't miss the Fantastic Plastics this summer on Vans Warped Tour. Catch the Fantastic Plastics on the Full Sail University stage, performing songs like TV Head and Teleport from their EP Invasion, out now on Spotify. From June 16th to July 2nd, tickets are on sale now at vanswarptour.com. Our guest on this episode is Matt Fiedler, the co-founder and CEO of Vinyl Me Please, the best damn record club out there. Starting at $25 a month, Vinyl Me Please will send you a brand new record every month, along with original art prints, custom cocktail recipes, access to their member-exclusive online store, and more. Previous records include an exclusive edition of The Gorilla's Demon Days, which just came out last month, Beck's Odelay, The Fuji's The Score, and tons of new and classic records. Vinyl Me Please also just announced their May 2017 record of the month, Fiona Apple's title, which is getting its first ever vinyl release remastered from the original analog tapes. It also comes with a lyric book and an exclusive art print. There's also a great article on the Vinyl Me Please blog about how this one took two years to come together. So to subscribe or check out their incredibly curated online store, that's right, incredibly curated. Ugh. Head to VinylMePlease.com. So here it is, an explosively creative episode number 30.
<laughs> nice. That's awesome. But uh, so Vinyl Me Please, the best damn record club. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know if that's the. Oh God, cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the official, uh, the official tag. The, it is. It is. Yes. The best it damn was, record club. It was uh, self-given when we launched, so we didn't yeah. have much of a leg to stand on when we said that. But I think we've certainly earned that title over the years. I would say so. So how uh, how did the whole idea behind Vinyl Me Please come about? Um, so it was my co-founder and I, Tyler. Uh, we were living and working together in Chicago. Um, right this, this was 2012 that this was all happening. And uh, so we spent like every minute of every day together. Mm. And the times that we weren't together, we were sleeping 100 feet away from each other. Oh, wow. Um, in like a really small apartment in, in River North in Chicago. Right on, dude. That's and, cool. I, I, sorry to cut you off. But yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I went to law school in Chicago. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, I lived in Lincoln Square. Okay. Like, right on. Yeah. But my school was right near River North. So, okay. What school yeah. was it? Loyola. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I grew up uh, just outside Chicago, so I know Loyola. I got a bunch of friends that went there, and cool man, I uh, know that area very well. So but that's, that's awesome. awesome. So right on. So okay, so you were sharing a, an apartment in River yeah. North, and yeah. what, what were you doing? Yeah, so we were uh, we were both working at this like tech startup in Chicago. That it, it doesn't matter today, but no. at the time, it <laughs> like was, a lot of tech startups. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but we were we were both huge music fans, and and often what we spend our days doing at work is talking about music and, and sharing albums or artists or songs back and forth and and sort of the have you heard this no you know so on and and, and that type of relationship and it was just like uh i don't know we weren't working so we just kept sharing and talking about music and uh i think through that we both discovered a lot of music that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise come across and and really expanded each other's tastes um and this was as like spotify was entering the u.s Mm -hmm. rdo was making kind of a big claim and the whole model of music i miss rdo (laughs) (laughs) i've been a spotify lifer so yeah well me too but rdo had a like a cool thing going on you know i originally loved lala if you remember that back in like 2006 or 7 and then apple bought it shut it down for like 10 years and i think that sort of became what Apple Music ended up being. Fair enough. Their yeah. model was awesome though, because it was a it was before you could stream. But what they let you do is you could listen to an album all the way through one time before buying it, uh-huh. and then you could buy like the digital version. So it was amazing because you could just go through and like listen to a record. Yeah. If you liked it, then you'd buy it. If not, then that is cool. It reminds me of on. like being in a record store and seeing yeah. a record and like, oh yeah, let me put this in, totally. put on the headphones, and check it out before I buy it. Yeah, That's- and it was brilliant. It was genius. It was before all the streaming stuff, and I loved it. I was on it like every single day and i would just follow the rabbit hole of like you might also like oh man and, that's uh, quite the rabbit hole yeah <laughs> and uh, apple bought it and then shut it down but uh, i digress yeah um so we're we're working together we're talking about music we're discovering a bunch of new stuff i got my dad's turntable for christmas the year before and really wanted to get into vinyl but just didn't really know where to start um so i don't know through a series of conversations it was just like you know wouldn't it be cool if we created a record club for like the 21st century like there's yeah. got to be people like us you know we're living in the golden age of music there's so much music out there so much of it's undiscovered underappreciated what if we created a record club that like highlighted one you know one record a month that we just thought was something that people needed to hear it could be a diamond in the rough something that's undiscovered something that's been forgotten about um but you know using vinyl as a way to like discover new music and then also assuming that people like us that want to get into vinyl but don't really know where to start yeah that's true um and so that was kind of the original like impetus behind you know starting the the company um and we put up a landing page like the end of that year collected about 50 or so email addresses and then like turned it all live january 1st 2013 uh, in our first month, we had 12 paying members, which does not sound like a lot, but yeah. we had 12 people that were paying us to send them music. And That's cool, man. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like a dream come true at that point already. So, um, And it was, you know, for uh, about a year and a half, it was just sort of a thing that we were doing nights and weekends. We didn't make any money from it. It was just kind of a passion project that 
I guess we had a love-hate relationship with at times, but, uh, you know, grew quite a bit over the first year and a half and then allowed us to quit our jobs, go full-time, and we've been doing that for about two and a half years now, almost three years, so. Awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. Do you remember what the first record you sent out was? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Langhorn Slim and the Law, The Way We Move, Dude, which is great a phenomenal record. record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was hilarious, too, because we were... You know, we were clueless, so we were just like, where are we going to buy records? So yeah. we go, we love this Langhorn Slim record, so we go to his website and we just look up the contact information, find the email address for their manager, and we're just like, hey, we're this new record club, can we buy 15 copies of this record? And they yeah. just replied, and they're like, sure. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> where, where should we ship them? Yeah. And it was like, that was really easy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and through that, we just, I don't know, we, we didn't, you know, on paper, we're not necessarily the people that should be doing a record club per se, but... Uh, I think through the passion of music and just kind of problem solving abilities, we've been able to do it pretty well. Yeah. And is that usually how it works? Like, do you find a record that you that you want to put out and then contact the management or now is it like a thing where people are coming to you? you yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, really, the process is not terribly scientific. And that's that's sort of by design. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, with any record that we feature, we're trying to find something that from start to finish is like unique and compelling or uh, genre defining in its own right or uh, just amazing you know yeah um, and we've done everything from like 50 soul and jazz to we did a black sabbath record Sweet. to jay dilla donuts to like indie releases coming out today and stuff like that so um we we feature a pretty broad spectrum of music and and that's sort of the intent of the service but um yeah i mean we essentially we find a record that we like and we just hit up whoever is the rights holder and say hey this is a project we want to do let's find a way to collaborate on it and yeah. uh, we've got great relationships with you know everybody in the industry right now to to where we know who to contact and we can get those conversations going pretty easily um and then we always try and bring the artist in such that they're engaged and they're kind of having a hand in the packaging um such that like you know if you're potentially going to get thousands of new fans kind of around the world that have never heard of you before use this as a way to put your best foot forward like yeah like why wouldn't you yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So the artists get a hand in actually how the record's like packaged and put together. Like. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of different stuff. So for an artist like Torres, who uh, is sort of an indie undiscovered artist, we featured a record. I think it was about maybe a year ago. Uh, now uh, she had like a diary that she had been keeping while she was recording the record. Mm. So we took that and actually put it into like a, I think it was like an eight or twelve page booklet that was included in the record. So Sweet. it was kind of this really cool like you could see that you know, inside of her mind, basically through the diary and then listen to the record and get some more context as to where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, and then other artists we've worked with, like we work with Wilco, uh, Jeff Tweedy was very involved in like picking the, it was the first time they had done colored vinyl. So he picked the color. Uh, he did like kind of a, a couple songs that were handwritten lyrics as like an additional insert. Sweet. Um, so things like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's, it's a way to like, you know, for an artist to potentially gain a ton of new fans and, and yeah. to get their records on turntables around the world. Um, and we also want to just do cool stuff. So yeah, it's um, totally cool stuff. Yeah. The more, the better the package is, the better, the better yeah. for everybody. So, and I can see how it's the best damn record club. Cause for, for members, people that are in the club, like you get not only the record, cause I mean, anybody can go into a record store yep. and buy the record, but to get like kind of the, the special little perks and, yeah. and, and exclusive stuff is super awesome. Yeah. It was so. funny when we first launched. So that Langhorn Slim record, we, yeah. you know, we just emailed their manager and was like, can we buy however many copies? And it was the same copy that you could go into a record store and buy. Sure. Um, so at first, like the value prop of the, the membership was sort of in some other intangible things that we were trying to do at the time, but just were not scalable. And once we got to the point, uh, so just for record pressing, like usually a minimum quantity is about 500. Mm -hmm. So once we got to 500 members is when we started to do kind of the special edition kind of exclusive pressings. Yeah, because um, I mean, 500 
copies of a record is like you know for most like indie bands or something is a pretty sizable portion you know? yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of bands that couldn't sell 500 records no, if, yeah. if they wanted to so uh yeah for us to be at a, at a point where we had 500 members then we can say like hey you know such and such a band we want to press your record and we want to do kind of a, a special edition version of it um it's just kind of a more compelling offer to both our members and also the artists and and so on and so forth so walk us through the process of like if you become a member how does it work what do you get yeah so uh right now you sign up uh we have uh it's a subscription so you can subscribe monthly pay a monthly fee you can sign up for three six or twelve months and pay in advance um and then you get a little bit of a discount on the monthly rate sure yeah. uh but then every month you get a new record sent directly to your door uh it's something that's unique it's something that's uh, hopefully compelling from start to finish is something that we believe is is truly worth your time and attention. Um, they're all special edition pressing, so things like colored vinyl inserts, uh, you need like different versions on the packaging, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all included, and then those records come with a custom 12 by 12 art print that we commissioned that's inspired by the album, and then a cocktail pairing recipe as well. Um, Sweet. So, co- I love the cocktail pairing. That's such a cool idea. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> funny. when we um, So when we first launched, we... You know, we were finding ways to like build more value into the service, and we had this idea of like, how can we how can we bring back like the idea like experiencing music and vinyl from a medium perspective requires such intentionality that yeah. you know like well let's find a way to like uh, kind of design that experience for somebody. So that's where the art print came in, and that's where the cocktail pairing came in, um, yeah. and it's been a little bit of a staple. It's you know some people write it off, and it's not you know ter- terribly uh, you know like a huge value add to them, but. For us, it's just something. It's just a little extra piece of fun that you know yeah. you get to get with the record. So, so do you come up with the cocktail pairings, or do you have like a mixologist that you work with, or something? Yeah, I, I do not. Um, <laughs> I suck at making. I know how to make an old fashioned, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, typically, what we'll do is, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll ask the artists, like, "What were you guys drinking when you were making this record? What you know is sort of like the band cocktail, or you know, your cocktail, or whatever," sure. um, and have them like kind of playing to that other times uh you know the band is you know not active in that decision then we'll find other mixologists or bartenders or other people that we trust um to listen to the record and then create something that's inspired by it um so yeah we've done i mean the cocktails i think have ranged from like for a punk record we did it was like a pbr a shot of jameson and a cigarette was the was the <laughs> what cocktail, a cocktail. yeah and then when we did father john misty uh i mean josh tillman he's just sort of a goofball and he wrote this insane cocktail pairing recipe that was like i forget exactly what it was but it was like drink a bottle of vodka within three hours and then have a glass of water sitting right next to you but only stare at it don't touch it for 24 hours (laughs) and then when you like are just about to die or whatever then you scream oblivion and drink your water that was i mean that was like his cocktail pairing and it fits perfectly yeah and it went yeah. it went really well with the record because he's i mean he's great at sort of like the sarcastic humor with sort of some really deep undertones but yeah. um yeah it, it, i mean it's things like that that you know hopefully can bring you one step closer to the music and i think in a world where we just live you know based on convenience and everything's sort of at your fingertips for us why we love vinyl is like you actually get to have a tangible connection with the music that you love yeah. whereas if you're just cruising through spotify or whatever it's like that's great it's awesome it provides a totally different experience but the connection you have with your music then is like very, very shallow. And quite honestly, it's more transactional than it is anything. So 
the the cocktail pairing recipe kind of serves to like you know let's bring it one step closer sit down relax have some friends over and, and enjoy this record in, yeah. in a way that we think you know is best designed to do so yeah it's more than just like you know putting on a playlist on spotify yeah. or whatever and yeah and that, that's what i love about records is like we live in a world now where there's so many distractions you know that yeah. it's too easy to like be on spotify and switch to other songs or like yeah. what listen or watch a youtube video in between the record or something like that but with vinyl like you you put the record in and that's what you have to listen to yeah. until the side's done. You yeah, know? and it's such a communal thing too. Like nobody says, "Come over and listen to this new playlist I just made." It's like <laughs> I hey. mean, I would say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, but you know, a lot of times it's like, "Hey, come over and let's listen to some records." Like bring some from your shelf, and you know, I, I just got a new box from uh, hopefully Vinyl Me Please, and yeah. you know, want to spin them and hang out. So it's 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 for us. It's it's more than even more than just music. At times, it's about the community and sort of the relationships and the people that are around you, and vinyl being kind of not necessarily the centerpiece in that it has to be kind of what you're focusing on, but it's sort of an interesting component that brings life, hopefully to those relationships and those conversations. Yeah, that makes sense. So are you still located in Chicago? No. So we, uh, we started in Chicago and, uh, we actually moved out to Boulder. Uh, it was like September of that year. Boulder. Um, Interesting choice. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. I mean, we were, like I said, we were doing it nights and weekends, so we weren't making any money from it. And, uh, my wife and I had got married at the end of that August or end of August that year. And I got a job offer out in, in Boulder, mm. and uh, we decided to take it. So we packed up. It was just myself and Tyler at that time. We packed up all of our boxes and all of our records and just moved it out to Colorado with us. Tyler hung out in Chicago for a couple months and then moved back to Virginia and then ultimately out to Chicago as well. Or, uh, excuse me, Colorado as yeah. well. But, uh, yeah, we've been there for about three years now, and it's, uh, it's a good place. We really like it. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't choose to like just move to LA like everybody else no. that leaves Chicago. No, we, we always joke, we always joke that like we we sort of live in this like really cool like in between of yeah. like the music world. Uh, we're not in the hustle bustle of like New York or LA, and you know I think that helps. We don't have a ton of influence and a bunch of labels just like courting us and you yeah. know trying to sabotage whatever we're doing or. That's true. It, it gives like you that. a little bit more autonomy to decide what, what it is that yeah. you want to do and what you want to release. Yeah, and it's amazing living out there. Like the, the lifestyle and the work-life balance and all the things to do out there is, yeah. is uh, I don't know, it's, it's like heaven on earth to me. Yeah, it sounds like it. I've never been to Colorado, but I have a friend that just moved uh, like outside of Boulder. And okay. he sends me Snapchats all, the, all yeah. the time. And he's like, you know, skiing and then oh, yeah. hiking and then doing this and climbing a mountain. And I'm yeah. just like, what? you know, I yeah. mean, we got the beach in Florida. That's cool. But, yeah. you know, the, the scenery in, in Colorado is just incredible. Yeah, I remember yeah. being a kid, we would go out and go skiing uh, in the winters. And uh, I remember being like, people like actually live here like this yeah. is your life like yeah. you could grow up in steamboat or in vale or whatever breckenridge and like you're just snowboarding all day seven <laughs> yeah. days a week yeah. for however long you want to like that doesn't seem like that's a real thing no no it doesn't seem like the real world no yeah, yeah. it's kind of like austin actually like austin yeah. does not feel like the real world in many yeah ways. so what, what are you guys up to at south by this week uh you know we're we come this is the third year that we've come down as a team um and it's just a good time i mean uh, a lot of our industry contacts are here so we often you know just relationship building yeah getting drinks getting food hanging out um it's a good chance to meet in person it's kind of a mutual like middle point for new york la and, and kind of where we're at so uh, meeting a lot of people, hanging out, uh, obviously seeing shows. Um, and we're actually, this year, we're hosting a pop-up shop Thursday through Saturday over at Whistler's. Oh, sweet. Um, so we've got, a, that out. Yeah, we've got a bunch of records, uh, stuff from the Vinyl Please Archive, um, some like pre 
good rarities that we thought we sold out of a long time ago, but ended up finding a couple copies in our warehouse. Um, and then Egon from Nowagon Records, who's like one of the world's best crate diggers. Yeah. Uh, he's bringing like three crates of records that he's going to have there as well. So Sweet. Um, and then we're doing some DJ sets uh, today and tomorrow, I believe. Um, Tennis, who is actually our merch featured artist, they're going to do a DJ set this afternoon. I love Tennis. Dude, their new record is just unreal. Yeah. So good. It's amazing. Oh, man. What, what times are DJ set? Uh, I think it starts at 5.30. Okay. We might be able to make that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they'll be, I think they'll be like hanging out too. So uh, they, we didn't want, I mean, when you come to South by, like every artist is playing a dozen different shows. Sure. So um, I don't think they're actually playing any shows here, but they were like, we don't really want to play. So we were just like, well, why don't you come DJ and just hang out? That would be way more fun anyways. Yeah. Um, so we've got them coming. I'm pretty sure um, uh, the lead singer of Speedy Ortiz is coming and DJing a set. Sweet. Um, we got a couple cool people that are just going to come out and, and spend some records. So it should yeah. be fun. That's really cool. Definitely touched on, I think, the the biggest value of, of South by Southwest for somebody in the music industry is like, I'm sure you know how it is. You spend all day emailing people yeah. and you I email people hundreds of times a year, yeah. you know, and never actually meet them face to face. Yeah. You know? So it's cool to this. It really feels like music industry spring break here. You know? yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's uh, I mean, it's funny, too, like it's is technology has made business easier. It's also made it less like personal. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's good to put a face to the emails and get a sense of like, oh, how's that person like in real life? Like, yeah, yeah. Or are they just are they really nice and they just have like short conversational like, you know, terse writing or are they not so nice and that's just who they are? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's all, it yeah. doesn't matter, but. It also like the relationship building is super important. Too, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's a lot harder to just like blow somebody off via email when you've actually met them and you're totally. Like, unless, I mean, unless you're an asshole, but yeah. <laughs> which doesn't yeah. seem like you are. I try but, not to be. I get a lot of emails that I just don't reply to. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard. Like we get a lot of submissions from bands and stuff uh-huh. all the time that want management, and it's hard to respond to everybody. And that I feel yeah. I try to respond to everybody because I remember what it was like to be a musician and yeah. try to get people to just hear you you know yeah. but it's hard and then- I, th- I think the worst part for me is not even so much that it's it's the uh the sales things like people trying to sell some platform or oh, i get yeah. one guy that's emailed me like 15 times now about setting up uh like exterior you know like tap security cards for our office and i'm like no i'm not gonna do this <laughs> i clearly said no yeah. by not responding so please just stop <laughs> yeah yeah, well, then the salespeople, they just don't get it. Yeah, so. I mean, it's their job, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, you, they you gotta can't be, hate them. Got to be persistent, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so what's next for, for Vinyl Me, please? What's on the horizon? Any new new features, new additions to the club? Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of great stuff that we're working on. Um, so our, our member store, which is sort of the secondary component to the membership, is, uh, is growing. We're doing a lot of, like kind of smaller limited run pressings in there you know like 500 to a thousand to 1500 or so copies of certain things like uh i think we have an exclusive to the new father john misty record Mm. uh we've done some young thug records in the past we've done like a lot of really cool stuff that um is just awesome to have yeah um in this store and then we also have kind of like a curated selection of reissues box sets new releases so on and so forth that as a member you can buy you get free shipping and it's just included in your next monthly shipment oh cool so you can actually like just buy more records through through your store yeah yeah totally um and it's fun because uh every month we do like a refresh of the inventory um, and start looking toward like shipping for the next month and uh, so today, actually, we, we call it we opened our store, which is like a, a whole bunch of new inventory that people are just going in and buying. And, and uh, it's great. It's like, I don't know, it's actually grown quite a bit to where it's 
more than it used to be, but it's like a 30 to 40 kind of a curated set of titles that are just there for you to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually, we're pretty competitive on pricing and it's free shipping. So it's just kind of the ease yeah. of getting a, a box from you from Vinyl Me Please every month. Yeah, I can't beat that. Free yeah. shipping is like, that's a, that's the dream. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and then beyond that, we're actually, uh, we're rolling out something, um, I think going into like May or so that we're calling Tracks, which is more genre-based subscriptions. Okay. Um, so the first one we're going to do is called Classics, which is like soul, blues, and jazz records curated with label partners that include Verve Records, Smithsonian Folkways, and uh, Stax Records. Cool. Um, so it's a way, you know, the biggest criticism of the service as a whole has always been like it's it's a little bit too diverse. It's a little bit too broad. Sure. It's, I mean, one record a month out of the whole world of music totally. is hard to narrow in, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we, we're using tracks as a way to say, you know, like you can sign up and subscribe to something that, you know, you, you're probably going to like on most bases. Um, so that's getting roll, ready to roll out next month. Uh, we rolled out something called Swaps, which is another thing. If, if you don't like the featured record or don't want it or whatever, then you can swap it for something from our archive. Oh, that's cool. Um, so we have a, a good set of like, you know, archive titles or just other like curated type stuff that you can say, well, I don't want this, but I want that. And yeah. There's no additional charge to that stuff. So that's cool. And then, I mean, obviously as your archives grow, it'll just be easier for people to, to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For our listeners, where can they go to subscribe to Vinyl Me Please and get more information? Yeah, totally. It's uh, uh There's a button on the right that says join the club top right. Uh, if you want, you can peruse our archive of pre- previously featured records. There's another button sort of in the middle somewhere that says, you know, check out the archive. Uh, you can see the records that we featured in the past. Uh, some of them you can actually go and buy right away. You don't actually have to subscribe and be a member to get it. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, just go to vinylmeplease.com. All of our social networks are at vinylmeplease. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth. I can't even remember what else is out there now. Yeah, all the, all the random social yeah. networks. Ello, is that still a thing? It is, actually. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm actually good buddies with the CMO at Ello. They're oh, actually really? doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the concept of Ello, but yeah. it just didn't, it got really cool for like a day. And then, yeah, but, the, the press that they got around the being the Facebook killer and stuff like that, they're sort of trying to get away from that. It's it's actually sure. a really dope thing. It's uh, They're doing more of like a creator's project type stuff now. So it's a lot of... Uh, artists, photographers, so on and so forth, and, and set a, sort of a social network around those types of things. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming out, Matt Fiedler. 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 I already fucked up.